Hi, everybody. I'm Bailey. I'm Drew. I'm Lacey. And we're sarcastic, so let's get sinister. Why do you sound like a question? She's not sure. It might be sinister today. We don't know. You be the judge. I asked Bailey, Lacey, before you joined us, I asked Bailey what locations we were going to go to um, so that I could write the description for the episode. And she was like, it's a surprise. So. So from Drew's comments, this is the first installment of Disturbing Destiny. That's what installment means. I know, but I'm... Okay. I was going to say, Bailey could just be muted, but Bailey's telling the story. Yeah. Ooh, what if I did it all in charades? I love charades. Okay, try and... Ready, Bailey, try and charade what location the first one is. Hogwarts. Okay. It's not going to be Harry Potter-based, Lacey. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Ten words? She should mute. The whole point of this is for her to be muted. No, the noises help. Two, Two words. words. First word. Mm-hmm. Triangle. I think it's a circle. Circle. Egg. Round. Oval. Round. Sphere. Globe. The Globe Theater. Earth. <laughs> Give us more. Globe so it's to be an island. <clears throat> the what? Oh, an island. 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 Okay. There well, were a get... lot of things you could have done instead of just holding your hands in a circle. <laughs> Can I give you a verbal clue of the first one we're going to talk about? Japan. Okinawa. What did you say? Okinawa. Alcatraz. No. In Japan? Japan. I didn't pay attention to that part. I don't know um, if I know any islands in Japan. It, Japan is an island. That was the that was the clue for. Oh, whatever. it was Japan. Okay. We're we're talking. We're talking about Okigahara. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say Japan. <laughs> Very broad topic. Oh my god. We're going to get through this. We're derailing so much. Okay, um, so on. We'll get through. Pretty this. much, we have three just different places we're going to talk about today. Um, the first one is again Okiyahara in Japan. Are we ready? Okay. Lacey seems ready. She's nodding vigorously. Have you guys heard of this this place before? At least is it the forest? I, I have heard of Japan before. If it's Lace- that forest in Japan, then yes, I've heard of it. If it's not, it, then I don't it know. Suicide Forest? Is that it what it's called? Suicide Forest. Okay. I have heard of it. Okay, good. All right, so we're going to just jump right in. Um, so it is known as the world's second most common location to commit suicide. Yes, Drew. Where's the first? Do you want to guess? Is it the Golden is Gate the Bridge? Bridge? It is the Golden Gate Bridge, Lacey. <laughs> I couldn't think of what it was called. Why? I don't know. I mean, I could... I don't know. Are you asking why that's the number one place? Yeah. What what about it? It's a bridge, and you can just jump off. There's no going back. I guess. Risky for me, because there have been people who jumped off the um, bridge. I think there's a cat attacking her. Yeah, he was going to my beer after i just spilled my beer um there are, have been a couple people who jumped off and survived so it just feels a little bit risky because that's not something you're going to survive and then not like have pain and, and a recovery process and shit to deal with so pretty sure george uh the jungle climbed the golden gate bridge but anyway um so the suicide forest you uh can only reach the forest by train and taxi or a car um it's a dense 14 square mile volcanic forest that lies at the base of mount fuji less than 100 miles west of tokyo japan in case you know where we were 
I was okay. I'm stuck on the fact that you said you can only reach there by train or taxi yeah. or car. No, no, no. As opposed to boat, it's a forest or a plane. What? Yes. You like named all like you can't walk there. Like what? You named no. all the. the I meant that things. you need to take a train to like the outskirts of it, and then from there, taxi or car. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. so it's a process. Yes. And that's context because of it's suicide forest, so people have all this time and transportation to go through to get there to think about their choices. Anyway, get out of here, uh, Sebastian. Oh, he's so cute. (laughs) Oh, is he purring? Yes, purring. He's like, Mom, hi. Yeah. So, as lava spewed from Mount Fuji in the major eruption of the 9th century, this dense forest grew. I'm sure you guys all heard about the major eruption in the 9th century, right? Mm -hmm. Pompeii. Yeah, Yeah. Fuji. We're going to gloss over that. uh, I would, too. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I don't know much about volcanoes. Just that they erupt. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Maybe. There's active, there's inactive. There's underwater. The only one that I I really know much about is Pompeii, and I don't know that much about it. It was, what's crazy is that it erupted and, like, people were, like, made, like, like, instantaneously died. That's crazy. Like, there was no warning sign. And in all of my experience with volcanoes, there's a warning do you, you would, do you know do you know when Pompeii erupted? Like Sis. BC, like real far ago. Mm-hmm. I want to say like I don't know, triple digits. Do you? I think it was like something eighty. Oh, that's helpful. So I don't know what Google thought I wanted. But it told me 1944. Wait, and no, I know I that that's, that's Mount cool. Vesuvius. Oh. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. so it was just another eruption? Yeah. Okay. I was like, that's not the question I asked, but I guess it was technically. Anyway, we're going to move on. Um, yeah. So the forest grew. The tree coverage is so thick that even at noon, you can hardly find a bright spot. The vegetation is so dense that not even a breeze can get through. The trees have grown so closely together that visitors will spend much of their time in semi-darkness. Pompeii was destroyed because of the eruption of Mount Vesuvius on August 24th, 79. A.D. or B.C.? C.E. Common Era. Okay. Uh, It's the new, not religious form. Of A.D. or B.C.? Well, B.C. is before Christ, right? Yeah. Yeah, but then A.D. is, like, in the year of our Lord, but in Latin. Yeah, so then they have B.C.E., which is the before the Common Era, and C.E., which is a more scientific way of doing oh, A.D. Okay, and B.C. okay, okay. So it's C.E. or B.C.E.? Yes. Gotcha. We Thank are you. currently cool. in the C.E. Yes. Common Era. Okay, cool. I learned so, today. 79, Pompeii happened. Yeah. I've only gotten through five of my bulletin points so far. I'll stop talking. Okay. The locals have come to call this forest Jukai, or the Sea of Trees. I also forgot to mention um, that I'm about to butcher the Japanese language a little bit, so I think we all expected that. We're just making our way through the languages, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. For Korea, France. English. You know. (laughs) It's going around the world. Yeah. Um, the porous lava bedrock absorbs sound and adds a sense of isolation you may feel while trekking through. The ground is so hard that traditional hiking tools like spikes and axes can't penetrate it. There is also a natural magnetism to the soil. This magnetism can disrupt cell phone service, GPS systems, and even compasses. Mm. Some describe the forest as a beautiful place of serenity and its quietness. 
Most people visiting remember the silence. The ground being hard and porous again absorbs all the noise. Um, and I saw somewhere that someone described that like even a breath can sound like a roar. Mm. Which like, <laughs> let's go. Uh, it sounds like you could easily get lost in it. Yeah. And be yeah. scared out of your shit. Um, wildlife is also scarce and few. The forest is home to only the Japanese mink, wild boar, small Japanese moles, and the occasional Asian black bear. Others describe the forest as a cold and rocky area as it contains some 200 caves, such as the ice cave and the wind cave. Rocky grounds and thick trees make the surroundings indistinguishable. Hikers often carry long plastic tape to mark their way so they don't get lost on the way out. You can still see those strings of tape running through the trees. Um, It's also really important to mind your steps as the roots of the trees, like, twist and tangle through the ground. Um, If you've ever seen, like, pictures of it, like, the roots are, like, waving. The trees are really spooky. Yeah. I think it was everybody everybody decided they were going to work together to make it the scariest forest in the world. And everybody just added something spooky. (laughs) And they did it. One of the scariest forests. Sorry. We haven't even got to Europe yet. Um, Locals say it's easy to identify the three types of visitors. There's trekkers, the curious, and those lost and planning a one-way trip. Um, So the forest is, again, the number one spot for suicide in Japan. As early as the 50s, tourists have reported encountering decomposing bodies. Many people wouldn't dare to enter the forest. As you enter, you're greeted by signs written in Japanese and English, discouraging discouraging people against suicide. There's uh, signs that like read like, life is a precious gift. Quietly think once more about your parents, siblings, or children. Sorry. Uh, please don't suffer alone and first reach out. Uh, Are you concerned about how much Lacey is drinking? Yes. I'm on I'm halfway through one beer. Already? Yeah, you that shit. I'm sorry. I'll slow down. Yeah. God, we're sense. not playing like a drinking game. Every time or, I have up, several drink. beers and every time I pick one up, it's a different one. You guys don't know it. Yeah. I mean, when we first started, you were using your right hand. Now you're using your left. It. Sebastian is currently taking up my whole right side. Mm-hmm. Or what Bailey just demonstrated. Punkachino. It's coffee pumpkin You're supposed ale. to hold it up like this. You're right. You're right. Perfect. In 2003, uh, there was a total of 105 confirmed suicides. Mm-hmm. In 2010, it was four. That's not the number. It was 247 people were reported attempted suicide. Only 54 were completed. Since the government, since then, the government of Japan has stopped making numbers. The numbers public in order to like cut down on popularity for people to go to Mm. um hanging is the most popular cause of death but drugs and jumping from heights are other forms what do they jump out of a tree no i think there's like a bridge or something there might be like cliffy areas yeah i think there's you said caves i'm thinking there's probably all kinds of different i haven't Mm. been there i don't really know yet hmm Camping is I don't usually. Love that you said yet. Well, it's about, it's Mount Fuji. It's supposed to be gorgeous. That's true. Feels so, like a long way to go. Anyway, uh, camping is usually not a good sign. It can mean that someone is consider considering considering suicide. Shut up, Lacey. The local government has also taken other suicide prevention methods, such as raising the height of bridge rails, training volunteers to talk to potential suicide visitors, increasing police patrol at the entrances of the forest, and discouraging movies and TV shows that might promote the forest's reputation as a place to end one's life. I'm not promoting this right now. I was going to say, would they discourage you from talking about it? I don't know. Disclaimer, we're just informing, Mm -hmm. not encouraging. 
Again, going back to the ambiance and the environment, it's believed that more people die in the forest annually, but their corpses are never found. Go there to trek, not to die. That's the that's the ad that we should. You nailed do. it. You nailed it. Yeah. Hikers. Yeah. They do organize regular body sweeps, looking and collecting bodies to be identified and put to rest this began back in the 70s there was like a thought process that many people like have committed suicide there already so you won't be dying alone (laughs) a japanese psychiatrist interviewed a handful of suicide survivors and wrote that the key reason uh that they liked that they wanted to go to this forest and do it here was that they believed they'd be able to die successfully without being noticed they believe that movies and media may have also played a role in the first morbid popularity. People have also, also pretty. It is pretty and peaceful if you think about it, because it's so mm. quiet. Um, people have also said that they wanted to share the same place with others and belong to the same group. That's kind of sad in a way. The whole yeah. thing's sad, but that's especially sad. So, how did the popularity come to be? In a nineteen. 19- I will. Um, In a 1960s novel by a Japanese person who I can't pronounce her name and I'm not going to butcher it. Um, Long name. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to pronounce... I'll try their last name. Matsumoto? Matsumoto. Sure. Um... They published a book called The Tower of Waves. The book talks about a couple who committed suicide in the forest, and I guess he made it sound romantic romantic in a way. Mm -hmm. And then in 1993, a novel named The Complete Manual of Suicide, written by Wataru Tsumi, um, added that the forest was a perfect place to commit suicide and even described what parts of the forest are less circulated so the bodies cannot be found later on. So like a how, how to, to guide. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Something. And then uh, 2002 <laughs> then Netflix came out with a horror film called The Forest that tells the story of a woman looking for her twin sister who mysteriously disappears in the woods. That was in 2016. It's a pretty good uh, movie if you guys watch it. I've seen it. So that's the suicide port. The very, like, haunty, spooky part of the forest. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to get into the folklore. Oh, Because, of course, with this much suicide, something's got to be wrong in that forest. It's important to say that the self-inflicted death doesn't carry the same stigma in Japan or Japanese culture as it does in other countries. Uh, For instance, samurai warriors in the past felt that suicide is one way to atone for their failures. This act, (laughs) I forgot another word to pronounce. Um, This act is called... Ooh, I'm dying to know what it's called. (laughs) Oh, that's a word. Yeah. Isn't I don't it? know what you're talking about. I just don't know Great. the word. Um, it was an honorable suicide. Let's also not forget the kamikaze missions in like World War II where they just dive bombed in the planes, not really worrying about their own health. Uh, there's also a, another Japanese word. <laughs> Hit me with it. Help me with it. Uh, it's U-B-A. U-B-A? Okay. S-U-T-E. S-U-U-B-A-S-U-T-E? U-B-A-S-U-T-E? U-B-A-S-U-T-E, I would say. U-B-A-S-U-T-E? What? U-B-A-S-U-T-E. U-B-A-S-U-T-E. I apologize to our Japanese listeners. Yes. Uh, and to is everybody f- else who has to listen to us. <laughs> and mom. You know. <laughs> she she's raised used, you. She's used to it her. at this point. Well, whatever. 
she didn't break break out the hooked on phonics enough, I guess, for me. Just not the Japanese version. <laughs> no, she left that in the box. This is a form of euthanasia believed to have happened in Japan at times of famine. Basically, a family would leave an elder mem- elderly member in the forest to die of starvation. In this way, the family decreases the number of mouths to feed by leading the member on the mountain to a similar remote environment to die. Many argue that this isn't a real tradition and it's just a product of folklore. Or is it? They're just like, we're going to leave you in the wilderness. Yeah. (laughs) Starve to death, grandma. Like how, first of all, like how when you don't want a dog anymore. Yeah, people would go and just dump them. Yeah. yeah. Bailey's more upset about that than grandma. <laughs> the other thing that doesn't make sense to me is, like, isn't in, in the Japanese culture, like, the elder elders of the family, like, the most respected like, position? Very respected. I feel like you sure. have to be in a place of severe poverty to get to the point where you're like, let's pick somebody and leave them in the woods. And it's not going to be, like, the kids. Oh. <laughs> They're the weakest. You're well, right. So grandma. Right. Not necessarily. She died. She starved to death in the woods. It's a weird place. She could have died of exposure. You put That's all true. this is what you do. You put everybody in the forest and the last one to make it out stays. Anyway. <laughs> it's like hunger games. Ooh. I feel like we're bad people. I think so hey. too, but it's sarcasm. It's fine. That's that's true. It's how we, it's how we it's, cope with uncomfortable topics. It's Ooh. dark humor. Come on. The people want it. That's what they're here for. <laughs> the people. Yeah. Thanks, Jan. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Lacey, your mom listens too, right? No, she doesn't. She listens to her audiobooks. Every every couple days she says, I really gotta get caught up on that podcast. She sucks. <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> Yeah, I will. We'll take her a couple years to find it. Yeah, like two years and be like, bailing. Um. So the hauntings in the forest. Some Japanese spiritualists believe that the suicides committed have penetrated the trees, generating paranormal activity and preventing many who enter from escaping the depths. Hmm. It is also believed that the forest is home to the Yuri, which are ghosts filled with anger and vengefulness. They sound like fun. They're on Hey. (laughs) That's how I can pronounce this word so easily. (laughs) Uh, The Yuri are thought to be spirits that have not gone through the afterlife transition due to the injustice they suffered uh... prior to death. Yeah, I'm really confused by the sentence I typed. Tell us. We'll help you. Okay, so it says the Yuri are thought to be spirits that have not gone through the afterlife transition due to the injustice they suffered in like or being subject to powerful emotions such as hatred, jealousy, and love. I feel like you meant to say in life when you said in life. Yeah. All right. Well, you get the message. We did it. We did it. They are dedicated to tormenting visitors and luring those who are sad and lost off the paths to get lost in the forest forever. Some believe if a corpse is left alone, the spirit will turn into a Yuri. When a body is found, the forest guardians, the people that go out and collect the corpses, place them in a room next to the forest before being sent back to the authorities. Legend has it that if the body is left alone in that room, its Yuri will move around the room and begin screaming. Then the forest guardians have to draw straws to determine who's going to accompany the body. So it sounds like Yuri is just popping out of these bodies. Others believe that the Yuri are spirits of the old who have been abandoned to starvation and at the mercy of the elements. So grandma's coming back to haunt you. Well, as she like should. you said, at the mercy of the elephants. And I was so confused. Fuji's a wild place. <laughs> Yuri have been described as dressed in white clothes with long black hair. They can be heard howling in the early morning hours of 2 to 3 a.m. So pretty much the grudge. Also the witching okay. hour. Yes, it is the witching hour. 
the all ring seen- too. Yeah, so. was it? She had dark hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, they've also, they've also found a doll hanging upside down, nailed to a tree, and believe that that was a sign of a curse. So, like, sometimes I wonder, like, you know how, like, some assholes will just, like, go and be like, I'm gonna fuck with people. Mm-hmm. They yeah. ruin it. They ruin the fun. Yeah. <laughs> they ruin the fun of Suicide Forest. Personally, I would, again, I would love to visit, especially only in the daytime. Uh, and with a group. I would go with people. I don't think I'd yeah. go alone. Mostly for the, the view of Mount Fuji that you would get. Mm-hmm. They say as long as you stay on the trail, you can visit without getting lost. If you tend to wander off, you probably will get lost or stumble on a corpse. Lazy. The far- Don't wander the- off. The forest is littered with hanging ropes still attached to tree limbs and people's mm-hmm. personal belongings as they are not cleared from the forest when the body is found. So it's very likely Loopy. that you could see ropes still hanging yeah disturbing uh and that's a little spiel about uh okiahara i think that's how i say it uh now we're going to a language that i am a little bit more comfortable with is it english no german you're not there yet yeah is it german German. yeah uh we're going to german in high school bit um, Nine. So, Guten Tag. Yeah. Oh, it's actually Guten Abend at this hour. Um, are you done? Do you want to keep going? Yeah. No. Okay. I'm pretty much out. That's all, all right. of my German. Okay. Zane. Danke schön. See. Good morning. <laughs> we would do so well in Germany. Just greeting people. <laughs> Is that tight? Oh, they like me because I'm polite. When you're done, oh, okay. can you watch? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Are you all done? I think so. I think we've hit our limit. Lacey's crying. Just, just a little weepy. It's German. So makes emotional. Mm. <laughs> does have a does have a dark history. I think that she probably her last name, her maiden name, seems German, so it's probably yeah, yeah. That's my guys bringing up a lot of past. <laughs> yeah, Was yeah. She I'm there? not directly from Germany. <laughs> what the you blood's don't been say. pretty diluted. Mm, I can tell by that <laughs> accent. Anyway. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Black Forest in Germany. Oh. Is this is this a place you've heard, guys? Not me. I've heard of Black Forest Cake. I was a, I was waiting for that. Um, yeah. Same thing. British Bake Off. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> the forest is located in southwestern Germany and bordered by the Rhine River. It is a mountainous region thick with native pine trees. The tall, thick trees are as beautiful as they are creepy and sinister. Ooh. <sighs> they are said to be home to paranormal creatures, ranging from witches to werewolves. Ah. Mm. The forest name dates back to the Romans. Does anyone want to guess when the Roman era was? CE. 100. C-E. No. Uh, and I have them in B.C. and A.D. Um, the Roman Empire was like founded around 625 B.C. and lasted until its fall in 476 A.D. That's a long fucking time, man. They conquered a lot. Anyway. Yeah. Um, That's why they... men are always thinking about it. <laughs> they named the forest uh, the Black Forest or Svaldsvald, I think. Um, that comes from the fact of the thick forest canopy that blocks the sun, causing some areas of the forest floor to never see light. Common theme with all these creepy forests is you don't get a lot of light. 
wouldn't be as creepy otherwise. That's true. Through the years, the forest has been used for wood in the wood industry and heavy mining, but now it's one of Germany's main places of recreation. It's a great place for hiking, mountain biking, skiing, and water record re- recreation. Sorry, my laptop is being stupid. The Black Forest is also the setting for many of the Grimm Brothers fairy tales. Mm. If you don't know, the purpose of the original Grimm Brothers fairy tales was to teach children hard lessons, not to entertain them like the fairy tales that are seen and told nowadays. Some of these fairy tales that were like used in the Black Forest setting um, was Rapunzel, Hansel and Gretel, the wolf and the seven young kids. Never heard of that one. Cinderella. I think, um, I feel like they meant, like, that was, do you rem- I don't know if you remember, the movie The Grimm Brothers? Mm-mm. Not mm. I. Okay. Little Red Riding Hood, Snow White, and Sleeping Beauty. For instance, if, like, some of our listeners have never heard the originals, um, do you guys know, like, some of the original, like, Cinderella? Like, how dark it is? Yeah, they're all I know, Cinderella. I know that they're all dark, but I don't know specific. So, for instance, Cinderella, when it's the glass slipper scene with the stepsisters, um, the stepmother cuts off the toes of the one sister and then the heel of the other. Sure. <laughs> and then at the end... Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. obviously. And then at the end, the stepsisters, and I think the stepmother get get their eyes pecked out by crows oh well you know so what the fuck no i've Mm-mm. never seen that true I, I feel like i remember it being a movie i remember knowing it was a movie but i didn't see it it had matt damon and and uh heath butcher in it oh, oh. r.i.p it's from 2005 wow i was That's nine almost 20 years ago does that make anybody mm-hmm. feel weird? I feel weird about it. Time is weird. Anyway, the forest is believed to be haunted since ancient times. People living near the forest claim to hear strange and frightening sounds at night. Some have witnessed numerous evil spirits wandering here at night. Ooh. Hundreds of people's disappearances have also been reported in the forest. So now it's going to get some fun. We're going to go into like. Some of the fun creatures that live there. Yay. Okay. So, um, some I have more information about. Some I have very little information about. For instance, uh, they have a headless horseman who rides a great white steed. Pretty cool. Oh. Um, they have friendly dwarves. Lurking werewolves. Fairies visible only to those whom they wish to make their presence known. Uh, they also have a king that kidnaps women to take them to his underwater lair where he lives among the nymphs. Okay, there's a lot happening mm-hmm. there. It's a big forest. Uh, specifically, there's singing nymphs where one legend of the Rhine River tells about a beautiful nymph called Loralee. Loyally would sit atop a high rock and sing in enchant and sing in an enchanted voice. Memorized by her voice, sailors would be drawn towards her and often lose lose balance, falling to the rapids. Where Sounds she sounds like Ariel. Yeah, except uh, Ariel really wasn't like killing anybody. Not on purpose. Not in our version. I think in the beginning, Eric's boat crashes and drown, and he like nearly drowns, but she saves him. But was that her fault for the... For maybe. Okay. I don't know. I, I, you're right, I wasn't there. Disney Wait. spun that movie to make it look like she's the hero. Okay. Where she would sing is known as the Rhine Gorge, which would be one of which is one of the deepest and dangerous points of the river. Another legend created by Clemens Bent Anito? Benadryl. Sure. In 1801, who is a German author, he wrote in his poem, Lorelei was betrayed by her beloved and becomes a 
accused of causing deaths of several men by bewitching them. She becomes mm-hmm. confined to a convent, but requests permission to go up to the rock of the Rhine Gorge to view the river one last time, but falls to her death. Mm. Mm-hmm. Falls. Yeah. She said, fuck that convent. Yeah. Then, uh, at Mummel Lake, which is a glacier lake that was created during the last ice age about 10,000 years ago. This is home to several myths and legends. As Mummel Sea, which were water fairies and spirits. The Legend of the Black Forest, written by Alex... Oh, hold on. Look like you're doing math. Uh, shut up. <laughs> Verton. I thought you were better with German. I am. It's just per- it's a blog name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you want me to text you this and see how you pronounce the word? No, I'm not claiming German. Okay. Um. <laughs> Verton Burger. Mm, that was very long. Yeah. Wurtenberger. I'm going to text you this. Hold on. (laughs) Alright, that's his last name. You guys can have fun with that. Anyway, he tells the story of the king who lives underwater along with several water nymphs who come out to the service to bathe at night. But stay underwater through the day or as water lilies on the surface. This is also the king that kidnaps the women. What did you say? W's are pronounced as V's. There you go. Uh, If the water spirits are angry, the water level seethes. Did I say that right? Seethes. Seethes. Yeah. Seethes? Yeah. That's like if it's real churned up and stuff. Yeah. Like the water seething. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, boiling. Yeah. Ooh. This was as the case of when a peasant fell in love with a nymph, nymph and tried to find out where she came from. Peasants. Yeah. Some stories say that nymphs are the nuns who once lived on the monastery that stood there. That sounds right. Yeah. They sound... Nuns are angry, so... I sure. mean, the one in The Conjuring is... He's not, she's not a nun. She just takes the, whatever. The movie's <laughs> called The Nun. Okay. Have a great her. time. I know, I can't with her today. Okay, next we're going to talk about the Rhine Maidens. These were water spirits known along the rivers, especially the Rhine River, as it goes through the forest. Um, they are depicted as three sisters, but are spoke of as, like, one entity. It was, uh, Voglinda, Velgunda, and Falshelda. They are depicted as seductive, playful, elusive, and enchanting. They have been described similar to like sirens and mermaids. They are depicted in opera through their playfulness and have a lot of art like made about them. No one knows their true origin, but there's some fun tales about them. It's because they're so elusive. Yeah. So the first one um, tells about how they were in charge of protecting golden treasures that they were told only someone who didn't denounces, renounces love can forge the gold into a ring in which the world can be ruled. They anchor a dwarf named Alberic who would renounce love and steals the gold. Eventually, they do get their revenge off of from him uh, by drowning his son, Hagen. That sounds like Hagen good revenge. Yeah. Another story goes that the sisters went to, the, to a dance one night in the vi- village of Bray. At this dance, they met three young men who were enchanted with their beauty and ended up dancing with them late into the evening. When the sisters decided to leave, they refused any company with the boys, but the boys followed them to the river. The boys were shocked to see that how they went into the water and attempted the same, but were met with cold water. They disappeared, mm. but once per year, right on the day where they were swallowed by the Rhine, 
This part of the river runs red. Bless you. Albita Zane. Donka. Albita Zane. <laughs> I was going to say Gesundheit, and then I was like, I'm on the whole wrong part of this conversation. You're on the wrong end. Yeah. All right. This one's a a fun one. Are you ready? They've all been fun. Yes. This one's an especially fun one. So I also found the most information off of this guy. So this character's name, or mythical creature's name, is Der Grossmond, a.k.a. The Tall Man. Oh, I thought you were going to say the gross man. <laughs> no, gross means like tall or big. Um, he is described as similar to, similar to Slenderman. He is incredibly Ooh. tall, really thin, with multiple upper limbs. Some describe his facial features as nothing but giant sphere eyes, while others will describe him as faceless with nothing but a gruesome large smile. Is he an octopus? No. Okay. He doesn't I mean, sound like, like he would be pleasant to see. No. no. His appearance allows him to hide behind the trees of the forest, and his multiple limbs help him capture his victims and take them away. I don't like any of that. Not like It's going to get worse. He's cool. derived I'm... from woodcuts carved by an unknown artist in the 16th century. Bad children would be sent off to the forest where Dark Grossman would stalk them until they confess their wrongdoings to their parents. Parents warned their children not to go into the far- the woods uh-huh. later or stay up too late. Children caught in the forest by him would be chased down and ta- taken to a fate unknown. I Other like kids never misbehaved. <laughs> Now with these fairy tales and these yeah. folklores. Uh, other stories says that he lures children into the forest by whispering voices into their head to come to him. Or he'll tap on the window of a child that stays up too late and will take them to a fate unknown as too. I feel like parents back then were just like, eat your vegetables or the gross man is going to come and get you. Like, like, tie your shoes, or the gross man's coming. Is it effective, or is it effective? I don't know. It's probably effective. And, uh, but that, that's all I have for the Black Forest. Okay, interesting. Germany has a lot of fun folklore, um, and honestly, it'd also be fun to do, like, the Grimm Brothers fairy tales, too. Um, I feel like most of their folklore is from them there was something about the devil's stone in Switzerland I saw which is close to Germany um, but was confusing because it was coming up in the black forest research too but alright so I'm gonna this one is close to home I'm gonna um, describe it and see if you guys can guess it I'm excited okay Anyone who doesn't know, we live in Pennsylvania, so give you some so the so the listeners can guess too. Go birds. <laughs> and and Phillies. Red October. Let's go. Uh this was a former live in facility for people with mental and physical disabilities in Spring City Denver. PA. Yeah. 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 Shit. As soon as this was a former live-in, I was like, "Eastern State, nice, well, whatever." So we're going to talk about Pennhurst Asylum in Spring City, PA. If you didn't know, or Pennsylvania, as people not from PA call it. And the so the asylum is surrounded by controversy since its earliest days. In 1908, the state of PA built the school as an asylum for patients with special needs. It was first known as the state institution for epileptics and feeble-minded. It was home to adults and children with varying disabilities. Also, I'm not going to call people idiots anymore. I'm just going to call them feeble-minded because that's a great way. I was going to say, Lacey, do you feel like you fall into that category? (sighs) Feeble-minded? No, and that feels like a direct shot. (laughs) There is no subtlety there whatsoever. 
There was no. I didn't want you to, because you're feeble-minded, so I didn't want you to miss the point. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> you. Thank you for looking out for me. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been really embarrassing if you were just like, what? Yeah, that would have been rough. Right. Friend. <laughs> Best friend. Friendship looks different to different people. They see if you need help, blink twice. I don't know what you're doing. She was looking. Are you having you, a seizure? You, you blinked like four times. I don't know what that feeble. means. Bailey, she's feeble-minded. She can't count to two. You're right. She started blinking like crazy, hoping for help. Looked like she had an eyelash stuck. Anyway, the first two buildings constructed were the educational and industrial departments, and the other was for custodial and asylum department. And the asylum department. They were required to house no less than 500 patients or inmates, which they were also apparently called. Between 1903 and 1908 was when the first buildings were constructed on the 638-acre property. Penhurst was a functional, was functioning almost completely independently from the rest of society. Its operation, sorry, it operated on its own power plant, placed its own grounds, and produced their own food. Any additional needs were supplied by railway and that connected to the campus to the outside world. There were dining halls, kitchens, storerooms, cottages, teacher homes, laundries, and power stations along the main housing units. It was very much a small city with over 30 buildings, which, have you guys been there before? Mm-mm. No. Drew, have you been? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I've been... Spoiler, it's now like a haunted house for people that like own it. Um, but I think when most people think like asylum, they think like one building. This, if you were not listening, this was very not the case. It's very much kind of like a college campus feel almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, every building had about two stories and they were all connected with fireproof tunnels and walkways through that were used to transport residents from building to building. It's also Penhurst isn't really, it's, it's a large acre area. And if you were just listening, it's not really around anywhere. Like it's, it's like fields and everything. So it's very much secluded. November 23rd, 1908, patient one was admitted. Within four years, the asylum was overcrowded and under pressure of the state to start admitting in- immigrants, orphans, and even criminals as prisons were becoming too full. I don't know the reasoning of why we were sending immigrants there, but hatred, I guess. Probably. That feels like the reason for a lot of things. Yeah. Drew, are you Googling pictures of it right now? I was. Now I'm looking at my email. Over, <laughs> overwhelmed parents would drop off their kids who are mentally they use the R word I don't want to use uh, let's call it unhealthy I don't want to use the R word or autistic um, hoping that they would provide for them many of these children's were, children were abandoned to become wards of the state it's also important to know that many of the patients had no pre-existing medical or emotional conditions, yet found themselves trapped in the institution for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Once admitted, patients were grouped into several general categories. For instance, like under mental proudness, they were either an imbecile or insane. Under like physical disabilities, they were either declared epileptic or healthy. They also categorized them by like their dental health. So you were either good, poor, or treated. And all of this dic- dis- dictated their lodgings and their care. Okay. In 1913, mental health disorders were highly... Dis- dis- mm. In 1913, mental health disorders were highly misunderstood. State legislator declared that disabled people were unfit for citizenship and posed a menace to, ple- to peace. So... That's fun. Yeah. By 1960, the facility had been open for 50 years and was housing 2,791 people, most of them children, which was about 900 more 
than the administration thought the buildings could comfortably accommodate. Only 200 were in any kind of art, education, or recreation programs that would help improve their condition. Many of the patients were high-functioning enough to improve, given the right care. Just to know. Um, some could care for themselves, but other were suffered from more several severe disabilities. Hold on. Some could care for themselves, but many more suffered from severe disabilities and were most vulnerable victims. Patients spent days and nights trapped in metal cribs in horrid conditions. Others were so desperate for human contact that they went to great lengths for attention by injuring themselves or smearing themselves with their own feces in hope, hopes of a bath. Jesus. Patients were isolated for long periods of times that they regressed and lost their will to speak, fight, or even live. Cruel punishments were common. Overworked staff responded to unruly patients by drugging them into submission or chaining them to their beds. One rule specifically chastised a patient for biting. The rule was when a patient bit someone for the first time, he or she was reprimanded, but it happened happened again. The patient was sent to a dentist who would pull their teeth. Thousands of teeth were removed in a rusty dentist chair that still sits in the tunnels between beneath Penhurst complex. Patients were restrained in straitjackets, cages, and other forms of confinement for extended periods, causing severe physical and psychological harm. Others were subject to shock therapy and other experimental treatments. There were very few doctors, nurses, and orderlies available to meet patient needs. Uh, I saw in one source that there was only nine doctors and like 11 teachers, none of which had any special education training. This understaffing and overcrowding led to a lot of inadequate care, and many patients died of neglect. The state also provided meager funds despite the high influx of patients. So not it does not have a great history or anything. There's a lot of sadness yeah. there. Not all residents about right though. Huh? It sounds about right. Yeah. Not increasing funds. Yeah. Not all the residents were abandoned. When loved ones would come to visit, they were appalled to find their children bruised and uncared for. In 1912, there were reports of a poor quality of treatment, but was quickly, like, shooed away as outsiders were able to, weren't helpful at all. Hmm. Patients continued to suffer abuse, rape, and death at the hands of the staff and other patients. In the mid-1960s, Bill Baldini, a TV reporter, ran a five-episode expose on Penhurst State School and Hospital named Suffer Little Children. This painted the picture of neglect and abuse in the institution that was hard for the viewers and even his own crew to stomach. Baldini said, We started shooting and my crew was mortified. I mean, I had trouble keeping them on the job because they were literally getting sick from what they saw. For instance, what they saw and what was videotaped uh, was children tied to beds, residents emancipated and naked, Wards of infants and children ages six months to five years were clustered together in metal cages. Yes, true. Did you say emancipated? You mean emaciated? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I was like, they're divorced from their parents? <laughs> I didn't even catch it. I was like, these poor kids. Thanks. Yeah, that's because you're feeble-minded. Those poor emaciated kids. Wards of infants and children... Uh, from the age of six months to five years old, were clustered together in metal cages. There were some that were left to lie in their own waste for days on end. They captured images of hands and feet bound by straps and beds. Inmates were shown rocking, pacing, and twitching. They saw many severely disabled, either mentally or physically, but others were quite lucid, lucid and coherent, but withdrawn into themselves because of the overstimulation stimulation of the senses and the loud and sometimes frightening place. One patient was asked by the interviewer what he would do, what he would like to do most in the world if he could do anything or have anything. And he said to get out of Penhurst. 
They also obtained footage of one of the physicians describing how he dealt with a vicious bully who had brutalized one of the other inmates. He said he asked one of his colleagues which, in which injection he could use to cause the most discomfort to a patient without permanently injuring him. He then administered that medication. In 1977, patients achieved a small victory in a class action lawsuit, uh, which was filed on behalf of the current and former residents of Pennhurst. The lawsuit argued that patients' rights were violated at Pennhurst and that those who caused their suffering should be held responsible. After a 32-day trial, Penhurst was found overcrowded, understaffed, and lacking in the programs needed to care for residents. They found various forms of restraints were used, such as seclusion rooms, physical restraints, and even psychotrophic drugs. Which I've never heard of that word before, but... Uh, 1983, nine of the asylum employees were indicted on charges of slapping, beating, and beating patients, including those in wheelchairs and arranging for patients to fight one another. Jesus. Yeah. Fight club. Yeah. In 1987, the facility was closed down. Today, the caretakers of the property believe that the buildings and the underground tunnels are haunted by angry patients who suffered and died there. The, patient, the private owners hold a haunted house attraction around this time around this time every year. They are also aspiring to restore the better portion of the property with the eventual goal of creating a museum and historical tour. There are many reports of slamming doors, footsteps, sounds of vomiting coming from otherwise empty rooms. There have also been sightings of a little girl roaming the campus, looking perplexed and a bit lost. And the sound of children playing and crying can be heard through the campus as well. Well, I don't care for any of the things you just told me. I don't. I don't care for them, and okay. uh, not a fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, just, um, uh, wanted to throw in my two cents that uh, I do not approve. Mm, okay, not a fan. Uh, all right. Well, we're gonna go into um an investigation that was done in the. Ooh. buildings so um the website weird new jersey covered this uh place and they got together with the shore paranormal research society and they were able to tour the facility they conducted a several large-scale investigations of the old asylum's many buildings and documented a variety of evidence including photos videos recordings of voices and personal encounters among the recordings, they were able to hear disembodied voices uttering things like, go away, I'll kill you, we're upset, and why did you come here? All fair, I think. <laughs> I'll kill you seems a little bit over the top, but like... If you're not listening. We're angry or we're upset. Okay. Yeah, I like, I like the person, the, the ghost that is in um, in touch with their emotions. Yes. <laughs> Why did you um, come here? We're upset. We're in, upset. In another instance, they could hear a male vo voice saying, I'm scared, while an invisible female says, why won't you leave? Um, I have a little bit of their report from each of the buildings. So in the Quaker building, they saw numerous shadows manifested and dissipated all at will. Shadows include what appeared to be a small female child with long black hair, hunched over, presence with long dangling arms, and an upper portion of bodies looking over and around obstacles. They had doors and rocking chairs that moved without anyone near them. One investigator was shoved from behind, and another was scratched at their arm by an unknown object. Objects were propelled in the basement, such as a pry bar, a brass fixture, and various other objects. They obtained multiple EVPs, which are electronic voice phenomenon, and EMF spikes. They also had a psychic medium, Sharon Fou? Fu? P-U-G-H? Pew? Pew? Um, who Pew. felt multiple energies there, including either a demonic force or a past life that wasn't a very nice. 
in the Lamrock, Limerick building. Uh, an apparition of a woman in an old-style nurse's uni- uniform was observed by a firefighter, police officer, and a Marine. They also obtained multiple EVPs. In the Devon building, they heard unknown sounds and multiple EVPs. In the Maypower building, they saw shadow people multiple times. Investigators were touched and more EVPs were captured. In the Tinicum building, more EVPs were captured and the investigators had their legs touched, which I feel like legs getting grabbed are much creepier than like your arm. Yeah. Is that anyone else? Cause, yeah, because like it feels like if you grab the leg, you're going to take them down. Yeah. Not just that, but I feel like if something's growing my leg, growing, grabbing, Grabbing. Jesus, my leg, it has, like, crawled across the floor to me. Mm. And that feels so much spookier than somebody standing next to me. None of it's, none of it's great. I want to put that out there for anybody listening. Are you talking to No part of me being grabbed by an invisible, whoever's listening. I don't like any of it. But I do think the leg is scarier because of, I guess, just what they had to do to get my leg. Well, I would like to say bent over grabbing, and that's weird too. I don't like that either. It feels like it would be harder to run. I think the psycholo- psychology behind like being grabbed on the leg can't run away. Yeah, that too is if something grabs something. your arm. You're gonna bolt. Yeah, throw an elbow. Yeah. Um, in the Philadelphia building. Loud sounds and voices were heard coming from that building, and as investigators surrounded it and entered via the tunnel system, they found no one inside, and no one could have fled without being observed. Mm, cool. Finally, Spooky. in the administration building, multiple voices were heard at various times, and an EVP caught a toilet flushing, which there's no running water in that building or bathroom fixtures. Investigators also heard f- the voice of a female child on one of the upper floors. Over 10,000 patients crossed through the doors into Penhurst while it was all, like still functioning. Today, the asylum sits stagnant with twisted vines and roots weaving in and out of the buildings. Inside, the hallways are filled with old laundry totes, sagged with molded clothes and linens, layers of graffiti, rusted wheelchairs, and, like, it's, if you've ever seen pictures of it, it's very much, like, kind of almost, um, what's the place that, um, Chernobyl, where things are just left? Um, and that's Penhurst. Nice. And it'd be nice to do a ghost tour there. Yeah, they're on my list to do one of the spooky things, and I've mm-hmm. just not done it, so we should do that. I don't think we need to do the Holly Haunted House thing, but definitely go there for that. Because I've been to the Haunted House, and it's it like takes away from the like the natural spookiness Scary. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd go during non haunted house time too. So anything but September and October. Any other time, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's the first installment of Disturbing Destinations. I enjoyed Very it. Very nice. Yeah. Which one was your favorite? I liked the one that was close to home. Lacey? Still Black Forest? I think I think I still like Black Forest. Just because there was such a wide variety of... I got, you got from. like fairies, you gotta have those horsemen, you got werewolves. Yeah. Sirens, I, I, think. I think I prefer the Penhurst because there it's it's just ghosts. Yeah. Whereas like the other two forests are like Yuri and Dracula. Dracula's not in the Black Forest. You don't know. There's a lot there. Yeah. He could have been overlooked and he's pissed about it. Okay. Oh, well, happy October, everybody, and I hope this gets everyone in the mood. What are we What are we doing next week, Lacey? We're heading over to England, where oh. we did a visit today, and we're going to talk about some urban legends over there. Fun! Yes. Are we going to have our yeah, first, um, 
like official guest on? We are a native, a native Brit. Is he? Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I think he just fakes the accent. Oh. Maybe. If he is, he's kept it up for quite a while. He's he really, better, he's really he, good at it. He better come super British next week. I told him to lay it on thick, so. Like, I want, he better be eating, like, fish and chips. Okay. Having a beer. Yes. Wearing one of those giant guard hats. I was going to say he should be drinking some tea, but. Yeah, oh. I think we could probably catch him eat, drinking tea. Oh, tea works. Um, I don't know, a shirt that says I heart Queen Elizabeth or something. He does have a lot of them, but he wears them so often, it's hard to tell whether or not they'll be clean. So That's fair. Sounds like someone needs to do the laundry. Somebody does. <laughs> Are you volunteering? No. Okay. All right. Um, well, that was sinister. And we were sarcastic. And we hope you keep listening. <laughs> Billy in the ball. <laughs>